Between the Beat Podcast is the podcast for beautypreneurs all around the world. I'm your host, Terry Watson, and I'll be sharing the ins and outs of my journey as a multifaceted makeup artist. This is a space for candid conversations, laughs, and to elevate in all aspects of life. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Between the Beat Podcast. I am your host, Terry Watson, and I have a very, very, very special guest with me today. Her name is Gigi. Um, you can find her on Instagram at all eyes on Gigi and she is a phenomenal celebrity brow artist, instructor, author, all of the things, and um, she'll be giving us a tea and uh, information about just like owning a studio, um, creating this successful brand, and now I'm going to give it to Gigi to introduce herself. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be on your podcast. Um, love the introduction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Gigi. Um, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I've been in Atlanta since I was 13. I started off as a celebrity makeup artist and I transitioned to a brow artist and a top brow expert in Atlanta. And I'm super excited to be here. Yay! I'm so excited to have you. So, um, DJ, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, uh-oh, so uh-oh. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna have a great time, especially because you know the podcast is just like super candid. I just think that it's such a important, you know, time for us to really have like candid conversations, especially because people have these ideas and hopes and dreams, and I want to create space for them to know that it's achievable with you know having super amazing people like you on the podcast so um i really want to know like what your start looks like i know you said you came from st louis to atlanta um but like what did your start as far as like loving the beauty industry so i know you said makeup and things like that what did that look like for you in the beginning so i would say my start would be my whole family so mary Kay. Oh, wow. Okay. That's my introduction to makeup and the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. So um, for my younger people that's going to be tapped into the podcast, Mary Kay was where women would go. They would have these parties. They would get their friends together and they would like sample um, skincare products, sample makeup products. And that was a business, right? Having these parties. So I was always with my mom. She was doing these parties, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to do it. You know, I was taking her kid to school, getting kicked out of school in the fifth grade, Ooh. making up the class with her kid. True story, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, it's just, like, something that I saw, and I, I knew, like, I just did it because, like, I always saw my aunts and my grandmother and my mom doing it, but I never looked at it as, like, a career. Mm-hmm. But I would watch BT and see like music videos and stuff and say, well, oh, I want to do makeup for people on TV. Mm-hmm. Not really thinking like that's super achievable because at that time we were living in St. Louis and the jobs that people had were plant jobs, like working at Ford, working for General Motors or mm-hmm. a post office. Mm-hmm. Those were considered the good jobs. But when we moved to Atlanta, I saw like Pebbles and TLC and I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, I can right. do celebrities for real. Yeah. Right. So that's what kicked it off. I love it. So you come from a family full of hustlers. You had no choice. Oh, right. Yeah. You had no choice whatsoever. So I would love to know this this story about fifth grade and how you brought the kids to the school. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they had, okay. So all the makeup, right? Mm -hmm. It was little samples and it's pink bags, right? So you have one pink bag with all the skincare, 
one pink little suitcase with the makeup, the blush, everything, mascara, all this stuff. Honey, I didn't put, they call it rouge. I didn't Back put then. rouge, which is blush. Uh-huh. All on the people, all on the girls in the classroom and real lipstick. Uh, ma'am. You done turned everybody into hot girls real fast. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I be wishing, like, dang, you know, I wish I had footage of that, you know, like, or a right. picture or mm-hmm. something. Because, honey, what was I doing? Right. You know, and my mom just laughed. She just thought it was hilarious, you know? Yeah. So when did you uh, get into, like, okay, I'm going to be a makeup artist for real? So I always did my friends and family. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to be a cosmetologist in high school. Right. But my family were like, okay, you can go to cosmetology school after you get a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. You know? And because that was, like, so important. You need to have a degree. You need to have a degree so you can get a good job, you know? So, really, I could have started earlier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, went to college, had the college experience, and then came back, uh, got my cosmetology license, and I started freelancing for MAC Cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And that's where things started to happen for me in my makeup career, because MAC was a big deal um, years ago. It's like you wanted to be a MAC artist because people respected them. Mm-hmm. knew that they could do makeup they trusted them so um i started working with photographers i started doing music videos i started doing weddings so from there that's how i started like meeting people and getting bookings gotcha. outside of work right mm-hmm. i would love to know because you said you know mac used to be a big deal and i i do hear that pretty often i never worked for mac I, they didn't want your girl and that's okay you know um but <laughs> <laughs> they were like ma'am you need years of retail and i was like i'm trying to get it right now you know no, that's right. yeah so um but with that you know you said that mac used to be a big deal what do you feel like has changed from the makeup artist perspective like what why, why do you think it was a big deal back then and not so much okay. now so it was a big deal then because just anybody couldn't work there. Mm, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, honey, it was like joining a sorority or something. Like, yeah. you literally, like, had to know somebody that worked at MAG, and then, you know, you had to bring in a portfolio of your work, a yeah. book, you know, go over the book, then bring in a model, do the model, and they're literally looking at everything you do and how you sanitize your brushes and everything and sanitize the products. Mm. So it was yeah. like a real like audition. Oh, oh yes, yes. Oh wow. Yes. With a top trainer. Wow. I had yeah. no clue. Yeah. So you would do like three interviews before you got hired. Oh, not three. Yeah. And so once you got hired, girl, you got your little Mac necklace. Oh, honey. You said, no, I'm in now. You was official. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because if, you know, like, everybody trusted Mac because they had all the dope artists who Mm -hmm. could do makeup for going out, events, weddings, you know, like, very diverse when it comes to doing makeup. So if someone said, oh, you do makeup, you know, what's your background? You say, I work at Mac. They're like, oh, bet. Like, they yeah. calm down and trust you because they know people who work for Mac back then, it really meant something like, you know what you're doing. You could work with, you know, light to dark complexions and not have an issue. 
Yeah, yeah, I love that. I did have somebody like maybe a year ago actually ask me if I ever worked for Mac because she wanted to know if she could trust me. Right, um, but I mean, I feel like it's different now because you don't have to work in a retail store to be like a dope artist, you know? Absolutely, and I was really looking at her sideways for asking me that because yeah, I'm like, like, you don't have to. You know what I mean? It's some dope people who ain't never had no retail experience, you know? Yeah. So I just feel like that's just old school back in the day. You know? Mm-hmm. Not now. I, I wouldn't reference. I don't think anybody's like, you want to get mad now? Because it, it don't hit the same. It don't you know? hit the same. And that's okay. No. You know, it had its, it had its time and its yeah, time for sure. Run. Yeah. Um. So what did your makeup artist journey look like? What was, what would you say was like the most impactful moments for you? I would say even with the makeup industry, it still wasn't easy um, to get certain jobs that you wanted, right? So mm-hmm. I wanted to work on music videos that consisted of like a lot of networking, mm-hmm. right? So anything that I've gotten involved with, it was not easy to achieve. So from makeup to eyebrows, I had to really network and get my name out there. Yeah. So I would always have my makeup done. I would have business cards. I would have flyers. Mm-hmm. You know, I would reach out to top makeup artists and ask to assist them for free. Mm-hmm. And um, I built so many relationships doing that, that eventually, you know, turned into real work and paid gigs. So I, I made sacrifices and um, they paid off where I don't know if people are willing to do things like that in this generation. But yeah. it just really paid off for me um, when I did that. Absolutely. So let's let's kind of get into that for sure. Because, you know, now it's like priority is laid in going viral or just having like, you know, this pop in social media. So I, I would like to assume that what you were doing and, you know, cultivating your business was like social media was there, but that wasn't your main source of getting clients. <laughs> I didn't know how to work social media. <laughs> That is so funny. So I love talking about this because Mm -hmm. literally, don't get me wrong, I had social media, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't used to promote business, right? right? So if you were to go to my social media back then when I was a makeup artist, you would see me out partying, smoking hookah and food, Mm -hmm. in a makeup picture here. You know, it wasn't, I didn't know how to use it as far as that. So one of my good friends, he was just like, you talk about how, you know, you want people that you want to create a brand and you want more people to know who you are. He was like, look at your page. And I was like, what's wrong with it? He was like, "Okay, if I'm looking for a makeup artist, I'm not going to scroll all the way down your page to see your work. That's what changed the game for me when it came to social media. Mm. He said, what? As soon as somebody come to your page, they should be able to tell what you do. Facts. Without scrolling down. Yeah. Right. And so then one of my other girlfriends, she was like, always think about if somebody was cool with Oprah and Oprah was looking for somebody and and they gave Oprah your Instagram. What would you want her to see? Or what would you want the person who you want to do to see? That's so good. It changes how you do your page, right? Absolutely. You know, because guess what? Everybody's looking at your page. Right. But we don't think like that. But literally everybody is on social media. Majority of my clients, I met them through Instagram. Mm -hmm. Celebrities, regular people, 
they're all on Instagram. So if someone says, oh, check out Gigi, they're going to go right to my page. Right. They're not just listening to the friend. They're like, what's her IG? Yeah. Hey, Terry, do makeup. Okay, what's her Instagram? Yeah. They're not going to scroll all the way down past your photo shoes to see your makeup. Yeah, they really like, need right, to see else? it in like the first six page, like first six pictures. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Facts. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so interesting, though. Um, do you know B for Beauty? She used to work for Mac. What's her name? B for Beauty on Instagram. B for Beauty. I would have to see her page. That's okay. Anyway, so I, I remember having a conversation with her, and um, we were talking about because she she was also in that like. Uh, age where you know like you were getting clients but they weren't necessarily coming from social media um and i I think for a lot of the artists that did come from mac that were working in like that 2011 to like 2000 like 15 era um i think they really set the tone for a lot of makeup artists now like creating a way for makeup artists in general because I don't before 2015 I had never heard of somebody being a makeup artist for real you know mm, outside like of like as a real career right yeah like a real career yeah exactly like I mean there were people who did like TV and film but for me to go to such and such house just to do her makeup for her friend's <laughs> birthday dinner that oh, was not it wasn't a thing big. no oh yeah that wasn't big then yeah yeah, yeah. Correct. That's, that's yeah, so that wasn't big. So I feel like, you know, Mac really kind of started a real trend by training these artists oh, and then they, teaching them the they way. They started a huge trend. Yeah. I love and they it had though. all the colors. They had mm-hmm. every color foundation. So see, now, again, you know, um, every makeup line is offering darker shades. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was coming up, they didn't have darker shades. Right. So Mac had every color. So that's another reason why people wanted Mac because they had all the shades. If you Mm -hmm. went to Chanel or Estee Lauder or any of those, they didn't have dark colors. Yeah. Do you still use Mac products now? I do. What are your go-to? What's your go-to right now? (laughs) I love Studio Fix Fluid. (laughs) And I love the concealer. And I like their foundation too. Uh Uh-huh. And I, um, who else I'm wearing? I have not had a chance to try Fenty, but I have mm. heard good things about it. But I'm one of those people, like, I stick to what works for me. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. So I'm like NARS Mac girl. Got you. Fenty, if you love Mac, I think you'll definitely love Fenty. I don't love Fenty for the reasons that I don't love Mac. Okay. It has that, like, matte finish um, see i like that finish <laughs> yeah i'm more of a dewy girl so i'll be like okay so what i do is i'll do the mac mm-hmm. but then i go over it with uh like anastasia like um highlighter mm-hmm. to give my skin the glow mm-hmm. but i like a matte finish because i have oily skin oh yeah so i don't want to start off dewy because i'm already oily Gigi, one thing about me I am going to now. Okay, now that I've got my skin together, because I used to have like acne prone skin, I do still a little bit, but skin is clear at this point. One thing about me is I'm going to put a little concealer over that little lot of demarcation. I'm gonna put a little concealer over that little bump, and I'm gonna do my brows and mascara, and I'm out of the door. I never really ever do my makeup for real. Oh, that's good. So on a daily basis, I would say I. Um 
do my brows, do a liner and mascara, and keep it moving. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Like know. I only got up this morning to do my makeup for you, but other than that, like I wouldn't have no makeup on. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. I love it. So, um, at what point did you make the transition between makeup artist, or when did you leave Mac? So I would say, cause I had always continued to freelance for them. So mm-hmm. I worked with them for years. So it's not like I could come and go as I pleased. Gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I was working, um, you know, if, if I still had a regular job, I could still pick up hours at Mac. Mm-hmm. So I was with them probably five years mm-hmm. because, you know, whenever I needed some hours, I can just say, Hey, you know, if y'all have an event, I'm available, you know? And so I think that's what helped me when I finally quit my job and just stepped out on faith to do makeup and eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I needed some money, I know I could go and freelance for them and get a quick, you know, couple of hundred dollars. Couple hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I always did makeup and eyebrows, but makeup was the focus. Got you. Because guess what? When you're in that makeup, they need your brows done. Facts. Every time. <laughs> so, I mean, technically, we all kind of brow artists if you're doing makeup because they never had a brow done. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, you own uh, Gigi Brows, correct? Yes, correct. Located in Buckhead. Located in Buckhead. I feel like I've seen Gigi Brows before. Is it like in... Um, it's like a well, bro- it's like Sandy Springs. So I'm located down the street from Chastain Park. Is it in like a brick building? Yes, it is. Yes. And the brick building has like upstairs, down, like it has like stairwells. It's three levels. Uh-huh. And it, it looks... Yeah, it's like an old apartment building. Uh-huh. I done been in there. I done seen yes. Gigi Brows and everything. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And see, I had like the... What do you call it? The iridescent lights, and, you know. Yeah, lamp, I feel so. like it's one of the first things you see when you walk <laughs> into the is, building. It is. It is. Yeah. It's like okay, so it's funny because when people come to me, they'll be like, "Oh, I want to have my hair done upstairs," and I was like, "Okay, let me check this girl out," you know. Yeah. Well, that was me because my hairstylist used to work in there. <laughs> oh, cool. Was it T Techniques? No, it was the heart of the stylist. Um, she oh, worked okay. with another uh, hairstylist as well, but she no longer she no longer works in there. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. But yeah, um, so yeah, I was like, oh wow, a whole place to just do brows? That's so crazy. And then I looked online, found Gigi Brows. Um, and then what's funny is I also noticed you because you got your product photos done by um, Imani. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she's really good. Man, love Imani. She's um, really good. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to think, what is Imani's she a cold Instagram? Piece. Because Imani did some product photos for me back when I had a is product Is it Iman does it? What is it? She, she's a cold, cold piece. One thing about her, you're going to be like, okay, I want it like this. I want to look like that. And she is going to blow your mind every time. Let me tell you. Uh-huh. It's just editorial, elegance, high-end. It's worth every penny. That's what? how I like to explain it. What do you? I, I mean, listen. She got it. Every time. I got to go look up she her, got it. her Instagram. And everybody can't afford it. But honey, I would tell anybody, if you have a business and you're going to launch a product or have any kind of release, you need to go ahead and invest in yourself. And it's just worth it because I feel like yeah. your presentation in business is very important. 
Absolutely. And I knew that I wanted my brand to be high end luxury. Mm-hmm. So I feel like whatever you put out, you're telling a story about yourself. So your pictures and your videos, that's showing lifestyle, brand right. lifestyle. And so I want high end quality, something that you could see mm-hmm. in a Sephora, in a Nordstrom. I want that look. Yeah, absolutely. And she I'm can a- provide that look. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can tag her. Um, in the description. Well, I will tag her in the description so that if anybody's interested in going to get their product photos done by Imani, then you will go do that. Yes, um, can, yeah. Yes. So, okay. With that, of course, or with the idea of having a space in Buckhead, um, how did that come about? Like, you know, you were a makeup artist, you were freelancing, you left your job, then boom, uh-huh. you started doing brows or? No, no, no. When I quit my job, I was doing makeup and eyebrows. Okay, so when did the transition from makeup to just brows? Or do you still do makeup? Or how does that work? Oh, no, I haven't had makeup in years. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I can still be the face now. Of course. But I just absolutely. don't do it. Yeah. You're talking so about muscle I'll memory. Say, <laughs> I'll say what happened was uh, I was working, I quit my job. I was working at Saks. I quit Saks. And I started working at this hair salon in Midtown. Mm hmm. And the lady that I was working for, she was like, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you can't do both. Mm-hmm. You can't work in retail and work here. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, retail is very demanding with hours. So, mm-hmm. like, how are you going to build it up if you're always there? You're going to have to right. quit your job. Right. And I was like, quit my job? I got student loan, rent, car note. Like, you know, but I quit and <laughs> I didn't have any, like, savings or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think with me being in that situation, it really pushed me to go harder mm-hmm. because I had to pay my bills. Right. So, um, you know, I got business cards, flyers. Like I said, I would go to events. I would meet people. I would do people makeup. Um, I would do their brows. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of built my clientele like that. Um then I started meeting people who had like huge followings on social media. Mm-hmm. So they would, if they would repost me or tag me, then I was getting more people from that. So I feel like that's how I started to create my own clientele. And then I was posting before and after pictures. Those were like a big deal mm-hmm. um, back in the day when it came to um, makeup. And um, then I would just do the same thing for eyebrows. And I feel like it got to a point that I was getting super booked with brows. And so it was just like, okay, you're going to do what? What you going to do? And I said, okay, I'm just going to do brows. Yeah. Now, can you explain to the people what you mean by brows? Like, what type of brows do you do? So I do eyebrow shaping, which is waxing, tweezing. I do eyebrow tinting, which is hair dye on your brow area that lasts for about two weeks. I do semi-permanent brows, which would be powder brows. It looks like when you fill in your eyebrows, but it lasts for two to three years. And I also do the nano, yeah, technique, which looks like microblading, but it's done with a machine. When you said uh, semi-permanent and it lasts for two to three years, when you said two to three, I, was, I thought you were going to say two to three days, but you said two to three no, years. No, it's a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. what did um, acquiring the techniques look like? Like 
did you take classes? Like how? Oh, you, you... definitely got to take a class. Yeah, it's a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for anything that you're doing professionally, I feel like um, when it comes to makeup or eyebrows, me personally, I'm just big on continuing education. Yeah. Um, regard. I'm I'm a self taught makeup artist, but oh yeah, did I take a class with Rennie and Sam? Yeah, Sam mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm big on just even hearing somebody's story, where they come from, what they doing, how did they get into the industry? Um, I'm always curious about um, things like that. So yeah. even though I went to cosmetology school, they're really going over sanitation and, you know, um, bloodborne pathogens and things to protect your clients from bacteria, viruses and funguses, whereas if you go to a person who already does eyebrows, they're teaching you more of a technique right. to do the actual service. Right. So you would definitely want to go to a professional person that's been doing it for years to show you the techniques because everyone has a different style mm-hmm. of how they do eyebrows. So um, that's why I also teach classes because I do recognize that in esthetician school and cosmetology school, they don't really go over... Um, doing brows and if they do it's the old school way of doing right. them so they're not going to be crisp like how you see on IG yeah so yeah. you know with you teaching classes of course you know you like people have to pay for those classes but I want to know like for you how much money do you think you've spent on classes <laughs> not you choked up uh, over 20,000 <laughs> oh really okay yeah, because uh, one tattoo class would be four thousand dollars. Mm. Hmm. Because you got to think, okay, you're paying four thousand dollars for a tattoo class, right? Hmm. And then you might pay another twenty five hundred for another one, right? Because you're learning a whole different technique. Hmm. But you charge seven fifty for one service. Hmm. So it's worth it. Yeah. So it all makes sense. Yeah. So again, it goes back to investing in yourself, right? So I feel like a lot of people want to be this big makeup artist or this big brow person, but they're not invested in themselves. They don't want to spend any money on anything. How are you going to grow from that? Yeah. You got to spend money to make money. Facts. That, you know, yeah. that was a huge thing for me once I switched over to coaching. Cause like, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I knew that I could drop a little digital download here and there, a little ebook here and there, but for uh-huh. me to, you know, shift gears completely, I needed some guidance so that I could, you know, charge like $4,000 for three months to work with me or anything like that, because I had already paid that to other people. Um, exactly. And I, I spent $5,000 for an eight hour VIP day, like just one day. But it was worth it, right? Worth every penny. I try to tell people that, you know, um, people, because I tell people, I feel like just in life and anything, we all know it's levels to things, right? Yeah. So, like, you pay $5,000 for a class, but there's people out here who charge 40000 right? Easily, yeah. And so I tell people, like, it's levels to it. I feel like it's a mindset, you know? Okay. And... If it's worth it to you and you can see the benefit of you doing that, I would definitely do it if it's going to be something that's going to be life changing for you. Yeah, it's like, you know, like a video <laughs> game almost. Like, you know, yeah. you have to beat the boss to get to the next yeah. level or else. And honey, listen, so let me tell you, when I wanted to do eyebrows, mm-hmm. I reached out to a lot of people here in Atlanta mm-hmm. and um, they were like, oh, no, I don't teach. I don't teach. Because basically they looked at it like they were creating their own competition. Oh, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna still learn how to do it. So I went to LA 
And I learned under Kelly Baker Browse, oh, and wow. I was freelancing for Anastasia. And I asked while I was in LA if I can get trained by her, and that's how I got trained by Anastasia. Oh, wow. let's really let's okay. Let's take a step back, friend. Uh-huh. Gigi, let's take a step back. Come on now. So you said y'all gonna tell me no here, so I'm gonna get me a yes first of all. Yes. And then your yes was in LA. Yes. And you met up with the greatest of brows. Yes. You talking about yes. Kelly and Baker brows? I don't know um, if you were able to see that. Go Daddy did. It was called uh, Icons of Atlanta, where they interviewed. Um, top artist in Atlanta, whether you're a top lawyer, a top oh, barber, uh-huh. whatever, uh-huh. right? And they interviewed me and I told them about the Anastasia story mm-hmm. and they were like, well, we have to, you know, reach out to them, confirm that everything is, you know, correct mm-hmm. before we put this out there. We don't want to get sued or anything. Right. And, um, sent them all the information and they were like oh she also wrote you you know a little note you know Uh and you know everything was approved you know and so they were just like wow like this story is insane and that was like a full circle moment for me because literally that's how I started my career Mm -hmm. working for Anastasia wow that is beautiful. Right? Yeah. And then a comment, they interviewed me and she wrote a letter like, oh, I'm so proud of you and look at your success and, can, you know, many blessings on. Mm-hmm. I was just like, drop the mic. I can retire right now. <laughs> right. Like, she I've remembered done me. what like, I needed who, to do. I, you know, like, she remembered me? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That is beautiful. Man. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why I decided, like, you know, there needs to be more space for these kind of stories because people have people are just so layered in that way like you know you can have a conversation with somebody on the street and they'll be like yeah so i used to you know work for obama and it's like wait friend (laughs) don't say that so casually you know like you're talking about i don't work for kelly baker brows anastasia and i'm like let's take it back a little bit you know yeah Um, two goats in the industry literally you know kelly let's be clear i tell people um, Kelly was the first, she was like the before and after queen. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. She had the before and after videos. Oh, man. I'm like, what? She really, like, she had that social media, honey, thumping. Mm-hmm. I, that, I've never seen people doing content like that with the videos and the pictures. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And um, so I was like, oh, she having a class? Oh, I'm definitely going. I have no money. You right. know? And I was like, honey, I'm going to get up my last little change. I'm going. Wow. You know, like, I didn't even have no money to get a flight to L.A. and get a room and all that, honey. I was just added up, making it happen. So that's why, for me, I don't feel any kind of way, like, when people are like, oh, you know, I don't have this, I don't have that, I can't do this, I can't do that. If it really means something to you, you're going to make it happen. Fact. I don't believe in, like, certain excuses. That's just me. Because yeah. I make stuff happen with nothing. So you can, too. Right. So... I know you come from a family of hustlers, but do you come from a family of risk takers? Because it seems like you are the risk taker. But do you think that that was already something that your family had taught you or no? No, mm-hmm. no. It's just who I am. I'm one of those, I'm like, okay, this is going to sound funny, Terry. You're going to laugh. I okay. feel like I'm like a guy, right? Okay. And, and, and when I say that, it's like, you know, when guys are out and they see beautiful women, they're always trying to holler. So they're going to get a lot of no's before they get a yes. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like my life has always been. Like, mm-hmm. anything that I feel like I want to do, I'm going to try it. 
Right. So I got a lot of no's when it came to makeup. I got a lot of no's when it came to eyebrows. Like anything I wanted to do was like, no, you can't do that. No, who's going to do this? No, who's going to do that? No, you know, and you get that one yes and that's all you need. That's, that's me. All you need. Yeah. You need one yes. So I'm cool with no. So I don't, I'm going to shoot my shot and you can be like, oh, I'm not interested. Da, 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 da. But it, it's not going to take anything away from me. I feel like so many people are afraid or it's like an ego thing if mm-hmm. they reach out to someone and a person it's like, oh, I'm not interested. It's like, okay, cool. Next. Yeah, that's fine. So that's how I operate. Yeah. Where I feel like people are so nervous about the no that mm-hmm. they don't get started and they don't try. And it's like, nothing in your life is going to change because that person said no. But if you never did it, you never know what the opportunity would be. What if they said yes? Yeah. And I feel like once you can figure out that, you know, people will say no, but there will be one person to say yes, your ability to replicate that process is much easier so like you know when I first started and I was uh I had an interview for makeup kiosk and I was literally like running through the mall like do you want to be my makeup model do you want to be my makeup model um and you know multiple people were saying no oh you was a hustler oh baby she was like you know you can you come back next week and I was like I can, but will I? No, I'm about to go get my kid out the car. And that's right. We're about to do this today. So I was literally running through the mall and was like, hey, can you be my makeup model? And like, you know, there were multiple people that said no, but you know, there was one person that said yes. And that's kind of how I you know, approached this podcast. Cause you know, I'm reaching out to some real heavy hitters. Like, you know, I have you, I have another makeup artist Aww. who is like Emmy winning. And I'm just like, these people are, they might say no, but fuck it. We're going to have to see. Ain't you a happy girl that you did it? Cause I'm like, cool. Yeah. You know, and it, it all go. works out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, who's to say that if I never was running through the mall in 2017, you know, would I have been able to reach out to you or, you know, reach out to anybody else that's going to be on the podcast, like, so confidently? It's, I love, don't you love that? Love it. The evolution. The, the, the evolution. evolution. <laughs> of it all. Yeah. And I always, I don't know if you feel like this, Terry, but um, I always knew that... I had skills when it came to doing makeup and eyebrows. I was already confident in that area with myself. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of artists and people, they they don't feel that way about themselves. Mm-hmm. They want to get it from other people. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like even before people knew who I was, I had the same skill set. It's just now more people know about me and know who I am. But I had the same skill set and confidence that I do now that I had then before y'all knew who I was. Oh, And I feel like that's important, right? Yeah. So I feel like that is what I would want to get out there to people that you need to be self-aware, self-confident, and already have that level of skill set before you blow up. I always tell people, like, you know, you need to validate yourself and not wait for validation from the internet. Yes. Yeah. So I 100% agree with that. I feel like, you know, even if social media didn't exist, I would still win. That's just my opinion. Oh, you know, like. I definitely would because, like I told you, I didn't use it to build my clientele. Exactly. So 
Instagram or Facebook, if all that stuff went somewhere, I know how to talk to people. Right. I know how to network. And that's what I feel like is bad for the new generation yeah. is that people are so used to social mm-hmm. that if that stuff went away, honey, it would, ooh, people, businesses would be just done because people are so reliant on it. Or think about um, this hairstylist, um, she was about to like release a product line or something like that. She had mm-hmm. like 200,000 followers mm-hmm. and her page got hacked. Her business is pretty much downhill because she didn't have like the email marketing, the text message marketing. Mm-hmm. So how is she going to reach back out to those people? She has lost all those connections because her page got hacked. Well, you know, that happened to me. I don't know if you know. What? Yeah. So the page that I'm on now is the one that got hacked. I didn't have it for like three or four months. Um, What? Yeah. So last year, um, I I told you I just switched over to coaching. I did it January 2021. Um, February was the launch of my course. And February, like the third or the fourth, like that first weekend in February, I got COVID on Friday and I lost my Instagram on Monday and my launch was in a week. What? Yeah. So how did that work? Did you have like all their information? Uh, I had an email list. Okay. And I started a new Instagram account. I started a new, like from... I think I had like maybe 100 or 200 people already on that account because it was just like a backup or whatever. Um, I think I grew that account to maybe 500 people and um, I had 11 people enroll in the course at uh, $1,200 per person. With 500 followers? 500 followers and an email list. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. Don't play with me. (laughs) and that's what I try to tell people like okay I understand we all be like oh we want more followers one more followers right Mm -hmm. but I tell people let's say you have 200 followers Mm -hmm. that's 200 people you don't need all 200 people to be your client to make money yeah right well I mean you don't take that even further than that you know how people will be like, you know, oh my gosh, only 30 people liked my post. If 30 That's people, a lot of people. <laughs> if 30 people told you, oh my God, girl, your hair look good in one day, you would be overwhelmed. You would. You'd be like, oh my gosh, like, please, <laughs> you know, thank I you so much. Girl, you know, like, <sighs> social media is a whole thing. And I do absolutely agree that people are definitely reliant on it and you know just kind of finding your way outside of that is super important so we only have a about 10 minutes left so I definitely want to talk more about you know you opening your uh studio slash lawn space and what that process looked like um as far as like prep work like what were your finances like if you don't mind you know talking about that like so I came from a from commission well okay I came from commission at the salon mm-hmm. and then I was doing booth rent once I built my clientele mm-hmm. and then I went over to the um, salon suites I was very nervous because I worked in a hair salon mm-hmm. so I knew that I had clients but I think I, I wasn't confident to think are they gonna follow me were they just coming to me because it was convenient because yeah. I'm in a hair salon mm-hmm. so I was nervous about a lot of things but I knew I had grown and it was time for me to spread my wings and fly. 
And so um, I was talking to the manager of the building. Um, His name is DeLacy. May he rest in peace. And um, he was just like, you can do this. You know, I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it's your time. Like, he, like, prayed over me. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're going to be so blessed. You're going to make so much money. Mm -hmm. You know, God is just waiting for you to step out on faith and do your own thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So by then, I already had a clientele. Mm -hmm. So... I was already booked and busy. So I just had to put down um, the deposit and, you know, I spent all my own money on decorating the shop. How much was the deposit? It was $500. Yeah. Oh, on a salon suite. We're not talking about where you are now. Yeah, I was in the the back. Oh, gotcha. It was was $500 to put down. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Uh Uh-huh. It was a $500 deposit and that was, what, seven years ago? Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. Oh, different times. That's what it was. Yeah, that was seven years ago. Yeah. And, um, it was, from there, my business, like, (laughs) took off. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like you have to, like, have faith and believe in God. You know what I'm saying? Because I was nervous about leaving where I was at, but I had outgrown where I was at. Mm-hmm. So it was time for me to do my own thing. And then it was like, I had my own energy. So many people supported me. It was just really great. Yeah. So I would say, if anything, like I told you my story, when I did a lot of stuff, I just made a move. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a plan. I don't recommend that. I will recommend that someone have a plan, have some money saved, you know, mm-hmm. um, build their business credit because when I did everything, I spent my own money. Yeah. So I feel like I could have had my business credit built earlier, mm-hmm. but you know, I was like, I pay for everything. Like everything is paid cash. Yeah. Okay. Everything yeah. in here is mine. Where <laughs> my CPA was like, yeah, um, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would have somebody do it a whole different way from how I did it because, yeah. um, you know, you, you have a business, so you want to, you know, build your business credit. You want to make sure you're writing off everything. You want to make sure you're keeping your receipts and, you know what I'm saying? Having yeah. it professionally together organized. I just want to go on record for everybody that's listening. Um, to make note that that is how you know you have a really great educator. Educators do not gatekeep information. Um, their whole purpose is to make sure that you understand that you can do it better than I had to do it, you know? And Gigi, I feel like, you know, you mentioning like, I may have paid in cash, but friend, I don't want you to do that too. You know, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't both be struggling together, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But I love that. And I love, you know, your ability to say like, Thank you. I did it, and it's possible, but it it is a better way, you know. It's definitely a better way. Yes, yeah. it's a better way. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so do you have any final thoughts, and then uh, I'll let you tell everybody where they can find you and how they can work with you and things like that. Any any my, advice that you would want to give to the audience? My advice would be stay the course. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have ups and downs throughout your journey, but don't let the downtimes take you out, yeah. right? So I feel like the misconception of entrepreneurship, especially in the world of social media, it always seems like you're winning. 
because people only show when they're winning. Mm -hmm. So if you're just on someone's page, it'll never look like they're having a bad time. And I feel like we do kind of compare ourselves to other people because we're just human beings, right? So you might be going through a low period and you're like, everybody's winning. I'm not. They're not going to show when they're losing. Right. So you can't get discouraged. Every business, multi-millionaires, millionaires who I'm cool with, they have ups and downs. We all have ups and downs. That's a part of the business. Look at everything right now. We're in like a lightweight recession. Mm-hmm. Everybody is feeling it. Not just me, not just, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're going to have your ups and downs in business. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Don't give up. Stay the course. Yeah. Ride the wave. Yeah. When business is good, save your money. So when things are slow, you got the money. Yeah. You know? Okay. Quick question. Um, before I let you tell everybody where they can find you. Um, you said we're in a lightweight recession, but stay the course. I don't know if you remember, but there was like a petite time in the time frame continuum where people, beautypreneurs, were basically saying like the recession is coming. So take your prices down. Do you remember that? What was that? Was that like COVID? No, this was like three or four months ago. Like it was not long oh. ago at all. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? Um, so, <laughs> um, I do, so, okay, I do believe that it is something going on in the world right now, yeah. right? Yeah. Where people are being more careful of how they spend their money because we don't know what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the price changing, I don't want to say that I believe that people should lower their prices Mm -hmm. because people are still buying facts at the price. You know, if you're wearing Louis Gucci, Balenciaga, all this stuff, why I'm going to lower my prices. Right. You know, the price is the price. Like we still have overhead. It's still a business. It's not like, you know, you're doing it for fun. So it's not personal. You know, the price has to be the price. You know, we have to, get products and inventory and different things so you can't go low on that because I feel like people pay for what they want facts that's just how I feel you know okay great I just wanted to know if we was on the same page yeah yeah we're on the same page (laughs) (laughs) we're on the same page honey people pay for I know I pay for what I want me too me too so yeah, I don't believe in that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get my nails done. I'm gonna get my toes done. I'm gonna get my girl. I'm doing everything. I'm getting my Brazilian wax. I'm getting everything done. Everything. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Okay. Sorry. Now we can uh, talk about like where people can find you, how people can work with you, like what type of classes do you have available, um, services, all of those things. So um, I'm Gigi, and my website is ggbrows.com. My next master brow class is January 22nd. In that class, I'm going to be teaching brow waxing, tweezing, tinting, brow mapping, and giving out information on how to market and promote your business. Um, You can find more information on my actual website. Um, I have a product line um, for estheticians and also for people, makeup artists and people at home. I have brow kits, uh, wax warmers, wax machines, everything that you need to perfect the brow. Um, I'm going to have some new releases coming out next year in 2023. Yay! I'm super excited about. (laughs) Um, 
So yeah, if you want to follow me and keep up with me, my Instagram is at all eyes with a Z on Gigi. And again, my um, website is www.ggbrowse.com. And I'm going to be producing more um, content on my YouTube um, in 2023. So um, I will also subscribe to that page as well. I love it. Well, I appreciate you so much, Gigi. This conversation, Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I feel like hey, the girls have like a lot you know to... Me, huh? Yeah, I feel like I know you. Um, I feel like the girls have a lot to live up to now. <laughs> After you. This was so much fun. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Gigi as much as I did and learned so much. Gigi is literally such a gem. Um, so make sure you guys go follow Thank her on you. Instagram, on her new YouTube page. Make sure you shop her products and also attend her class in January. So thank you guys for li- listening to Between the Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Watson, and I will see you guys or talk to y'all on the next episode. Have a good week. You keep it up, girl. You're killing the motherfucking game, but I don't even got to say it because you already know that.